0: The calendar has flipped to August and the time to get serious has already started. If you haven't, you want to get there now, you've joined the right place. Welcome in the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. He's James Adams. I'm Dan Claskins. We're back for episode 73. It's always one of our favorites on the podcast here each year. We go draft advisor versus fantasy ADP, identifying which players are overvalued, which ones are undervalued, entering your fantasy drafts and James, uh, this is the season for drafts, my friend. We've got lots of good ones we've already done. We've got our Listener League Do Good Fantasy coming up, all of our high-stakes events, obviously our season-long hometown leagues and much more, and uh, it's good. I love this time of year, but it's also, as, as the deeper we get into the month of August here, I think things really starting to tighten up about finding value, which is why we wanted to do this one right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, certainly we see, you know, we we get into training camp and we see players are playing. We see injuries that start to occur and uh, they really, you know, we either solidify things that we thought that are uh, opposite of what the trends were or we fall in line with some trends, but you're absolutely right. Things certainly do start to tighten up and uh, it's always a good idea to kind of just take a peek at what ADP is changing and how that's maybe changing our attack at these drafts or maybe not changing a thing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something to discuss about. And if you haven't gone over to InsiderFootball.com yet to check out our fantastic Draft Advisor, all the tools to win this season, our touchdown package gets you the draft advisor plus all the regular season stuff to help you optimize those season-long lineups, help you to win in daily, whatever it is, you can check it out there. The free trial available in the course James and I, weekend mornings all summer long, will be over there on Sirius XM Fantasy, Channel 87, and the SXM app. And you can get our free podcast now, wherever you listen. It's separate content than the Sirius Show, but great content. Now, are less you're listening to it now, and this is your first time. Go out and subscribe that way, you keep up with all the great things. We just finished up all of our position previews, we dug into dynasty and best ball strategies earlier in the summer. And as we gear up for the season ahead, we still got our prop bets we like. Next episode, we're getting into our two-man mock draft, the Fantastics draft plan. Still uh, many more good weekly episodes ahead as well. But, James, today, ADP draft strategies. And one of the best parts of the draft advisor is all the different sources of ADP in there. We're up to almost double digits now. and You can choose your ADP source, and that's important, especially if you're drafting online because it's based off of the way it's going to show up in the draft queue. And James, if COVID taught me a few things about fantasy, but one of them was a lot of my hometown offline drafts that suddenly had the ADP tool. It's amazing how sharper some of these (laughs) drafters became when they're using the software instead of just draft boards and stickers.
1: You know, so we'll be doing some high stakes leagues where, uh, you know, ADP pseudo doesn't exist because we're all hanging stickers on a board. But everyone there is pretty sharp and has has what's going on in mind. Then we'll be doing some of these other drafts with our buddies, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there are guys that are going to be drafted. Uh, um, I'm sure John Ross will get drafted in my home league by somebody because they printed out sheets from May or something. Uh, and he hadn't retired yet. I mean, it's just, it's uh, absolutely I mean, dude, true. I just and then,
0: had talked about Sean Ross I immediately. Just I, like PTSD <laughs> draft day uh, stuff just popped into my head as a Bengal fan here.
1: Well, we're, we're beyond that. We've grown past that uh, group of people, but that's just the perfect example of a player, right? Speedster goes to Kansas city uh, is only 27 years old would be a great fit if Mahomes – if he can stay healthy and Mahomes can find him a ball Well, he's not even going to play football. This year he's retired. So it, it, that he's the perfect example of the difference between being able to cue ADP on a website versus, you know, my buddies who – probably don't even know who the Bengals starting tight end is this year in my own hometown league. There is a great difference. And you talked about the the, the tool we have, the Fantastics uh, software. I mean, Dan, you're absolutely right. Whether it's looking at blended ADP to kind of get a feel for where players will be going in these high stakes leagues where we're just hanging stickers, right? There is no website backing it versus, um, you know, where you draft in ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. And knowing, you know, how – whether it's the ranks from the people on those websites that have now affected ADP, whatever it is that gets ADP different from one site to another, they will be different. And it's very good to know, hey, this player's ADP on this site is in the 12th round. I don't need to take him till the 11th and can almost guarantee I get him. But maybe on another website, you know, whether it's quarterbacks going off the board or earlier, later, vice versa, you know, anything, all of a sudden on a different site, the same player who was probably a player you had to take in the 11th round you might have to take in the ninth round if you want them and maybe that's where you as we get into this and the strategies maybe that's where you go okay when i play on this site i want that player on my team when i play on this site i don't and i'll diversify my shares based on the site the platform i'm playing on and the adps that are presented to me on those platforms
0: yeah and the real benefit as well is inside the draft advisor if you're like me and you like doing mock drafts for each of your leagues you can align it up even there and draft Mm -hmm. against the adp of the site where you're going to be at so Lots of good stuff about it. But today, we're going to use the blended ADP source to take in the accounts of all these different leagues that we're feeding in uh, to give us more of an average. And then we're going to apply that to our fantasy estimated values in here, which is mostly based off of our default system, which is PPR, half-point PPR scoring. You can adjust it each way. But, you know, it's just a generalization. But one of the things that I love about Fantastics and the draft advisor and how it's all at your fingertips. It's, it's very easy to go through the draft and be like, Oh, okay. This is, you want to find a player where our FDP, which is basically our projected draft position value is better than the ADP and vice versa to identify overvalued players, perhaps. So we're going to go position by position here in a minute to look at overvalued and undervalued players per the draft advisor. But Outside of what we discussed here and how it works with the tool and the, all the ADP strategies we talked about here, I think the one you really hit on the head I wanted to dive just a bit deeper on, James, is the idea of sometimes people get confused with ADP versus actual rankings, right? And you still should go, you shouldn't draft just based off of ADP, right? It's more about where on average these players go and adjusting. And I see too many times players... And this happens more uh, in leagues where people really love somebody. And you can love a player. I don't care if he's your number four player on the board at the position. If he's being drafted as the number 14 by the best, you don't want to go too early and pay where you really have him projected. It's one thing to reach and get your guy. Get your guy before you want him. But if you start reaching multiple rounds, especially in high-stakes formats, it's a recipe for disaster.
1: Sure. Uh, If you think a player is worth, you know, a hundred cents on the dollar, but everyone else thinks they're worth 50 cents on yes. the dollar. You shouldn't pay a hundred cents on the dollar. If you could pay 60 cents, guarantee it and also be, you know, be ahead of the industry or your opponents, if you will, while also not overpaying the market price.
0: Yes. And I think when we talk about it, I'm, I'm going back to your good buddy suit over there with his Derek Cardlove a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went like round three on a guy. you could have got like round seven and, and round 10. And, I think it
1: was like round six on a player. He could have gotten round 10, but yeah, I whatever it was
0: like, you know, he's over there doing touchdown dances. And even if he would have hit, it still would have been a terrible pick. And that's the point. I'm not picking on him. I see others do it all the time. ADP is a good source, but not your only source. It's just an idea of helping you establish when you have to get the players you want. You want to be as close in range, find players that you think are better than where they're getting drafted. And that's what you want. So Let's go through position by position, James, a little bit here. And I know that um, in some positions, it's a little easier to find value than not. And just because a player is being drafted with their ADP doesn't mean we don't like them, right? In a lot of cases, we love players that are – that's the spot that it is what it is. You pay to get it, and you get what you get. I mean, that's okay too, right? Um, mm-hmm. What we're trying to do now is how you get an edge, how do you get an advantage. And we'll start at quarterbacks. And let's start with the guys that – are being drafted higher than they should in the software. And as we look at that early tier of players, James, the one name that really just pops out of being overdrafted based off of what the draft advisor suggests they'll be worth in value this year is Justin Fields. Blended ADP of round 508. We've currently got him uh, at more of an 804 value pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're stepping up that far in range and I tell you what I, so Anthony and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and I thought it was so funny how he was so uh, ahead of the industry and in taking quarterback early. And now he's like, oh, these guys are being drafted too early. And I thought, did I just hear you say that? But uh, it is a trend this year that a lot of quarterbacks flying up the board. And, you know, certainly I, I think he still fits into the tier as you talk about, but it's all about necessarily getting the guys in the right order in the tier too. Uh, In this first tier, because when you're in, it's one thing to be uh, a round or two off on a quarterback that's going in the double digit rounds. It's another thing to be a round or two off in value when you're talking about a quarterback going off in the early rounds.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, And Justin Fields, I mean, he is a volatile guy, right? People go for upside, depending on where this ADP is coming from. That is, that's where it's at. And quarterbacks trickiest to do this on of all the positions too. Yes, it is. every, Every draft is uniquely different. But it still does point out, all right. You know, we look at all the guys in front of him; they're pretty much within six picks or less of where the ADP is to where the draft advisor says they should be drafted. Right? I mean, there's yeah. some slight variations. This is a th- almost a three round difference, mm-hmm. and we get to an almost a four round difference, James, when we get into Trevor Lawrence, who, uh, for whatever reason. I mean, the draft advisor, I mean, he's still a guy we like, but he's definitely on the back end of that tier two. And the draft advisor, we got him as QB eight, but he's getting drafted in round mid round five. The draft advisor is definitely thinking that's a few rounds off here. So even though we like this player, he's good. His ADP soared to the point where it's beyond value. So per the draft advisor, Trevor Lawrence, not necessarily a guy at the price you want to target. If you're looking for one of those tier two your quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, and I think I think I know the reason why, and I think it's because we've seen that Trevor Lawrence as a um, cornerstone NFL quarterback, franchise quarterback, he is that for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if Trevor Lawrence played in the AFC West, I think his, I think we would agree that his ADP was correct. People are drafting him like he's going to be in shootouts with Mahomes and Herbert all year long, but the reality is he's not. He's going to be in shoot- shootouts. I said tongue in cheek with Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, right? So it's not about even, it's it's more about understanding the fantasy value of the player, not the real value of Trevor Lawrence. It's understanding the fact that They're probably going to be running the ball, a ton of tanks, big tank Bigsby in the second half in this division that mostly looks like it stinks outside of them. So it's not even an indictment on Trevor Lawrence per se, simply an indictment on the projected fantasy points. And the fact that he's not going to need to go crazy in fourth quarters, like maybe some of these other guys that are top tier quarterbacks will.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, playing off this theory, we have identified a couple high-value names that may be overvalued right now. What are some overvalued QBs catching your eyes a little bit deeper down the draft?
1: Well, you know, it, it depends on the, st- the the format, too, because there's overvalue depending on which way you go. But if you get further down the board and you're looking for players that should be drafted uh, a little later than they're going it's not as easy to identify quite frankly Dan when you're talking about the later round quarterbacks. Um you mentioned quarterback being a tight one. Honestly, most most of the ADP's when you talk about QB2s really do seem to align with about where they're being drafted.
0: Yeah, there isn't a big glaring mix like that as much as uh you would think in some other places for sure. I do think uh just some names that are of interest though. Uh you know, we definitely see uh, you know, some those that are better, excuse me, better value than their ADP is suggesting. So in this range of quarterbacks, it's on the opposite side where we're saying, mm-hmm. all right, this guy is where you're going to get, which makes sense if you're waiting for the quarterback, because as far as undervalued quarterbacks, as we just alluded to most of the top eight quarterbacks are either valued or the two we said we may be a little overvalued, but, uh, right now overvalued Deshaun Watson round seven. He's going uh, around tenth round value, and a lot of times, James, I think that's because the quarterback run. You know, a lot of people like me thinks he's the top quarterback outside the top eight. So, you know, you're getting into reaching, but it, you're, as you can see, if you just wait, and this is a point you've been making, you're going to get similar point values uh, just around later on Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, but blended ADP. We've got Kirk Cousins going three rounds after Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott going two rounds past Deshaun Watson, and you're only looking about around the difference in projected value.
1: Great example of two players that I have a ton of shares of in these best balls because if you don't pounce early a quarterback, and I was doing so, then I wait a little bit, and you wait a little bit, and like you said, all of a sudden the bottom drops out of the top tier quarterbacks, and then you find yourself waiting and waiting, and boy, now it's a lot easier to be said in best ball than it is in season long. Um, but you get me a Dak cousins combo, I'll take that versus, uh, most of what the field's offering because I think both offer some upside, maybe not as the upside of the top, top tier guys, but I think, uh, I think we'll see it. And that's why I found myself either striking very early or waiting for the range right there that you just talked about.
0: Yeah. Geno Smith, uh, he's about at value. So, you know, guys right in that tier, uh, Daniel Jones—they're within a few picks of value. So, uh, and then you get in Aaron Rodgers, who uh, you're still just a round of value. It's so not a lot of value besides what you just mentioned there, and Cousins and Prescott, you know, the quarterbacks in that tier. And that's where the draft advisor really comes in handy, allowing you to see in the, if whatever tier and spot you're in the draft with all this information, who's going to give you your best bang for your buck there. And, yeah, uh,
1: and that's what you're looking for. It's not only and. W- whether it is QB2, you know, I mean, maybe some of these are are players left on the waiver wire, but in deeper drafts, there are room for these QB2s on just about any roster. Once you get to about 20-man rosters, even less than that.
0: super flex QBs to target, uh, or even just late, deeper leagues where you take a second quarterback. Some round-plus or more value names to consider, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Kenny Pickett, just a few the draft advisors point out. And that makes sense, especially Murray in his case being injured. So, James, let's get into uh, the other positions here where it gets a little more interesting, and let's Mm -hmm. pivot over to running back and playing off the same theory, looking at players that are being drafted higher or lower than the draft advisor thinks they should finding the overvalued and the valued and much like the quarterback position for the most part, your big name guys, there's first five, six, seven running backs. They are at about price, but there are a few in that top 10 or 12 that you can certainly find around of difference on.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, uh, if you want to go a little bit outside the top 12, I think you find you really start to get some big differences. Um, for me, I see Jonathan Taylor going off the board in the early second. We're looking at him as a late second. Um, But you see a lot of these values with the top eight running backs or so, and they all are pretty aligned. The first one that strikes out to me is right outside of the top 12, Dan, and that's Aaron Jones, a player who's been an absolute stud for quite some years. He's getting up in age. Obviously, the quarterback position is scaring people. So his ADP, I mean, he's going off at the end of the fourth round. We like him as a a mid-third round draft pick. So if you – go with that wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver, wide receiver build to start drafts. You can get yourself a borderline RB1 and Aaron Jones without paying that price.
0: Yeah, Aaron Jones. I mean, add his ADP, I would love it. Ramondre Stevenson, a little higher up the board. You got about a round of value in him. Of course, you know, um that's assuming he doesn't get a lot of competition at it there. Uh I definitely think you look at your RB2, as you mentioned, your RB2 ranges, that's where it gets interesting, because we there is a guy that's really popping out as a, a player that draft advisor saying, whoa, this dude's going way too late on, and it's Damian Pierce, the 2nd year running back for the Texans. 702 blended ADP, we got him as a mid-fifth round value, and uh, you look at some of the intangibles inside of the software, I mean, yeah, we don't love the D-plus schedule or the C offensive line, it's a bad football team, but Uh, Here's a player that James, he did pass the eyeball test even on a bad football team last year. And despite only playing 13 games last season, he gained 939 yards, 220 carries, 4.3 yards a carry. In addition, he caught 30 of his 39 backfield passes for 165 yards, eight quality starts in those 13 games. And next-gen stats really show what we like, and that's he gained 0.37 yards per carry more than expected, which means he's making things happen when he gets the football in his hands.
1: Yeah, definitely doing so, and uh, I i mean, look, I talked about the division not being very good just a minute ago when we talked about Lawrence, so even though that team may not be that, that good, they're going to be in games where they can continue to run the ball against the Colts, and I think the Titans too, maybe not the Jags, but so even though um, you have a bad offense, Probably with the rookie quarterback there, you could still get yourself a Josh Jacobs type of performance. Not quite what Jacobs did last year. But Pierce, look, he has some competition in that backfield, but I think they're they're gonna be running the football a lot, if I'm not mistaken, just to keep especially early on, to keep the rookie quarterback Stroud from having to do too much.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh DeAndre Swift is about a half from round of value as we work our way down. James Conner, a full round of value there. Uh and Let's not forget even Alex, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Isaiah Pacheco we've got as a full round of value rounding out those top 25 quarter or running backs, I should say. Uh, so those are all good targets at the right spot. Even Pacheco. I know we talked about it this past weekend on our serious show when we broke down the Chiefs. Yeah, there's concerns about his start of the season, the injuries, but the more he dips in drafts, the more I'm going to be more likely to take a chance, especially if he's my my RB3. I don't want to have a ton of investments in that Chiefs offense, but again, it's about finding them at the right spots. What about some players at running back that the software is not as optimistic as the ADP
1: would suggest? Well, um, I think it's interesting because Brian Robinson, we believe is being a little bit underdrafted and we'll go ahead and say that Antonio Gibson being a little bit overdrafted. In fact, being quite overdrafted at an early ninth round ADP, we think he's uh, into the mid double digit rounds early double-digit rounds. And uh, it's going to be interesting because a lot of people, I think, are buying into the arrival of Bienemy as the uh, coordinator. Brian Robinson is a true running back. Antonio Gibson, while he had that great year in 2021, I mean, we didn't see much last year. Where does he fit in the system? I think there's a chance he could be a, a very productive player, but I think there's a chance that he could be a very big disappointment just like he was when he was being drafted early a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is—it's a risky proposition sometimes, and I think uh, as you look at what what you see come out of things, uh, you just don't know with the changes at quarterback. Uh, there's some—I uh, don't know—the Commanders are a team that's a real enigma in a lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah, I definitely uh, am with you on that one. I—I I don't know. I think some of these other players that we're looking at as we get deeper down the board, um, Khalil Herbert is a player that we think certainly has. Some value, I mean, right now, blended ADP of round 12.06. James, we got him as mid-eighth rounder. So that's a big difference. On the other side of it, Rashad White, just behind him in the ranks, we're saying, yeah, he's early ninth round value. Problem is he's going to mid-round seventh. So Rashad White getting on a lot of drafts. We got him basically in the same range as Khalil Herbert in projected production this season, yet they're going five rounds different on the board. That's what you get it for at <laughs> running back.
1: Yeah, and that's where you absolutely strike because, look, I mean, Herbert you he have like around 700 yards last year, wasn't even the starter on that team. Um, and I got to be got to be honest, I'm coming around on him too because I was a big believer in Foreman to start the year, and I still might be into Foreman. But Khalil Herbert, he showed something last year in a pretty lackluster offense.
0: A couple of running backs that the draft advisors say, eh, maybe you want to pump your brakes a little bit on. Let's start with Alexander Madison because – Here's a guy, opportunity's knocking, right? Dalvin Cook gets cut, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to put up huge numbers. I mean, the last two seasons, he averaged just 3.7 yards per carry, uh, 3.8 in 2022, 3.7 in 2021. Uh, right now, that blended ADP's rising, James. I've seen him go in the fifth round.
1: Mm-hmm. His
0: blended ADP's 608, which I think is, uh got one ADP in there, maybe throwing that one off a bit, because I've seen him not get past fifth, early sixth round. We're saying mid-seventh round value. Uh, you can, in my opinion, there's RB twos out there in that range that, uh, don't really have some of the, the, the cons that I believe Madison brings to the table.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you too, right? I mean, look, what did he do last year? That makes you go. He is amazing. 3.7, 3.8 yards per carry. Those are his last two years. I mean, Dalvin cook was electric. Alexander Madison, I guess is getting his chance. But I'll tell you, I'm not so sure I'm buying into that offense as a whole. Um, he'll have his opportunity. I think there are some other Minnesota Viking runners that may get their opportunity too.
0: No doubt about that. All right, uh, let's talk about just a few other situations that I had noted. One big one that I thought was interesting was Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. because as I look down, you know, we've got him as our, you know, just inside, right at uh, RB 40 in the current rankings and scoring I got set up in the system. Same. But, James, I mean, ADP, he's going kind to of undraft it in some of these cases. But he, it's basically uh, 20 uh, – it's about a seven-round difference between his ADP blended and his actual FDP. where, again, this is late rounds here. But he's a guy that uh, – I know there's some questions about Miami's offense, a lot of mouths to feed there. But Mostert's going to have a role. A late-round guy, we believe he's going to have a little bit of juice to the pick.
1: I mean, Mostert had – uh 1100 yards last year just under all purpose between running and receiving a chain comes in was a chain like at the top of your rookie rankings before the dolphins grabbed him i mean the answer is no to me he was not but i think a lot of people are getting very hyped up they look at Mostert and go oh boy he's long in the tooth man 31 years old and I would say that if he was being drafted in the sixth round, I'd say that's way too high. But you're talking about him being borderline free in a lot of drafts. Mostert's the, the perfect kind of guy that I like to look at in endgame drafting because he's he's the RB2 on his team who's being completely neglected. And let's be honest, I mean, there's there's a chance that A-Chain shows up and he's not ready to pass pro for you know, NFL standards, and there's a quarterback there that needs to be protected. Now, I'm not saying Raheem Mostert, who's a speedster, is a great pass protector. I'm only saying that I'm not so sure A-chain, and by the way, Miami has to choose to protect the quarterback too a little bit, not be so cavalier with leaving him wide open. But I think Mostert is a player with great breakout speed. I mean, yeah, certainly in best ball you like him because any one play gets it done for you. But I would agree he's a little bench stash player that if it's not, things aren't going well with the rookie A-chain. Mostert might be come week three or week four. I mean, he's just in everybody's top thirty or thirty-two at the position because he's the starter.
0: Yeah. A few other late running backs to keep your eyes on, mid to late rounds. Zach Charbonnet, three rounds of value for the Seattle rookie. I don't feel like I got enough uh pieces of him on my fantasy uh portfolio as of yet. So Here's the situation. I mean, yeah, Kenny Walker looked good. Pete Carroll likes to run the football. Seattle's a decent team. Uh, I think both of them are going to get some use. We've got him as an 11th round pick. Uh, He's being drafted more in the 14th round on blended ADP. Again, in in deeper leagues or sharper leagues, he's probably going off the board a little earlier, so maybe not as much value there. Uh, And then a couple other names that make a lot of sense when you think about it. One, uh, Devin Singletary. Here's a guy that's showing about three and a half rounds of value inside the Fantastics draft advisor. And Rashad Penny, a full two rounds of value based off blended ADP versus our projected 12th round value. So again, these are running backs, James and Penny, Mostert, Charbonnet, uh, and Singletary that at the spots they're going at in drafts, they're going to, we think, will overproduce and be nice bench running backs to target for any fantasy manager listening.
1: Not even necessarily bench when it all settles down. Those guys, one of those guys will be a regular flex or RB2 come, I don't know, Thanksgiving, if not before.
0: Let's move it over to receivers. And uh, again, if you want to give some of these things a look for yourself, we do encourage you to go to insiderfootball.com. You can download a trial of the Fantastic Draft Advisor. Check it out for yourself. James and I have already looked at quarterbacks and running backs. And now we're going to get the guys catching the passes, starting with the receivers and No surprise, James, those early round guys all add about value. But I will say you got to get really into the really the 10th receiver before we actually have a receiver on the board that's being not at value. So from the concept of fantasy managers investing heavily in wide receivers in those first 15, 20 picks of a draft, as we've seen all summer, the draft advisors on board and think that's accurate for investment versus projection.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's just, it. it's the price. It's the price right now. You know what I mean? You don't even have to agree with it, but if you don't follow suit, good luck with trying to figure out a way to get that fourth running back in your, in your, in your lineup when you can only start three. So you don't have to like it, but it is what it is. And I think the advisor is right on, on par there.
0: We get to Debo Samuel. There's the first one where it's like, okay, software's raising its hand here and uh, blended ADP round four mid third round value Debo uh, coming off a little bit of a disappointing year a lot of mouths to feed but the draft advisor saying hey don't give up on him too fast here people
1: and I am lockstep I mean Debo's a player I have almost too much of in best ball from my June that might be why I don't have
0: a ton of Debo because I've you're coming to the realization I'm in too many leagues with
1: you well, uh, when it comes to being a bully, me and Debo uh, can can get on board with one thing. I'm going to go get what I want, and Debo Samuel has been that player. It's an offense that's incredibly enticing, right? I mean, you know there's weeks where maybe Debo doesn't bring everything you want because it's either a McCaffrey week or – I mean, his teammate, Brandon Ayuk is still a very solid player too. But all those things aside, Debo Samuel is a stud. 1,400 receiving yards a, a few years ago – I mean, dude, he, he missed some time last year and Debo does find, uh, find some injuries, right? He's a physical player. So I don't even know that I could tell you, I feel comfortable with him playing 16 games this year, but I feel comfortable telling you that when he's in my lineup, I'm pretty happy about it. Cause he can take over a football game. Like very few other players in the league can
0: in that similar range, a player that the draft advisor, not as high as fantasy managers drafting right now, Jalen Waddle, uh, really good second year in the league but the draft advisor is saying not likely to see the yardage number in 2023 with uh, without more targets and Tyree kill covers a lot of those the other concern obviously tied to two in the concussion mm-hmm. history blended adp at 210 FDP projected value of 309 that's a round difference on waddle who yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy is what he is. Uh, it's hard not to say he's not top 15 receiver in any format here, but uh, people pay, you know, maybe paying a little steeper of a price for him there. Uh, James T Higgins, another guy in that range, ADP 308 software, saying more of a mid fourth round pick, uh, a clear second fiddle to Jamar chase. Uh, so not a problem endorsing him as a top 15 receiver, but the draft advisor really saying against him being your wide receiver one on your fantasy squad.
1: You know, we got three teams where people could argue that there's three wide or two wide receiver ones on the same team. And not to say that it couldn't happen, but it's probably not going to happen that you're going to see two wide receiver ones come off the same team. And so unless Jamar chase misses significant time or in the uh, case of Miami or Philadelphia, those same other combos, unless we're missing significant time from the one, Is the two really going to be a one? I would argue that it's very difficult to see that happen. Uh, And to T Higgins, who, look, I'm a Bengals fan. I love him. He gets about 1,000 yards a a year, but he gets about 1,000 yards a year. Six touchdowns a year. I mean, that's just not wide receiver one production.
0: Yeah. uh, It's good,
1: it's good, but it's not wide receiver one.
0: I don't have a problem on third round pick on T Higgins, but I hear you. Uh, In terms of other things. Chris Alave, mid-round three ADP. We're saying more like mid-fourth round value there. We've got uh, Mike Evans on the opposite side of the spectrum as we go a little down the board. Uh, ADP blended of eighth round. We're saying back end fifth round, right? I mean, I realize the quarterback problems are there, but I mean, he only scored six touchdowns last year, 13 and 14 the previous two seasons. We would expect some touchdown regression ahead and I will say this about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin.
1: The further they fall down the board, the more likely it is I'll consider them, James. Uh, Mike Evans has had 1,000 receiving yards every year of his career. He's 29. Um, that's not over the hill for a wide receiver yet. Look, if Baker doesn't work out, Trask will be in there. They're going to have somebody throwing the football while they're losing. Who you think's catching the ball? Kate Otten. Uh, Kate is not catching the ball, no.
0: Uh, Russell Gage?
1: I'm sorry. Didn't we do that a year ago?
0: <laughs> I'm just teasing.
1: With a much better quarterback. I mean,
0: here's the thing, dude. But I get those the names. Last are great couple great spots examples. I grabbed Mike Evans in. I got him as my wide receiver four. James,
1: like that's insanity. That's ridiculous. Like he basically puts up the same numbers as T. Higgins, right? Well, like, yeah, he does. I mean, there's an age I
0: mean, discrepancy. I mean, there's no doubt. And a I mean, quarterback discrepancy. I mean, a
1: team. I get it. There's a lot. People of People don't
0: like old receivers. That doesn't mean they can't be productive. It's the same thing with Tyler Lockett. I mean, we got a round the value on him too, and it's the same yeah. thing. I, Everybody wants to- the shiny new toy and Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Mm-hmm. And I like him too. But uh, give me Tyler Lockett at, uh, there in mid to late round seven or eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was amazing last year. So it's not like you have to worry about Russ DeGino. Uh This transition worked out really well for Lockett.
0: Deontay Johnson right underneath him. A full round of value, James. I mean, he's going in round seven now. And. We believe he's six. I mean, it was a terrible year. We expect him actually to find the end zone this year. Another year, Kenny Pickett under the belt. A lot of things I like about Deontay Johnson as your wide receiver three in PPR leagues.
1: Boy, what a nice floor for wide receiver three in PPR. Problem was, like myself, a lot of people are biased on last year and the fact that it just wasn't very good. Bro, who are you blaming? Deontay Johnson? No, you're blaming Kenny Pickett and the transition from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a rookie.
0: Going a little deeper down the board, we got uh, Christian Watson. He's a six-round ADP, early six. We think he's more like an early seven. Marquise Brown is mid-round eight. We got him early round seven, so he's on the flip side of it. And Brandon Cooks, one of our favorite best ball targets, James. ADP round 11. We got him as a uh, a fantasy value of early
1: round eight. That's three rounds of value on the veteran now in a better situation with the Cowboys. Incredibly better situation. This is a guy who's been uh, fantastic no matter where he goes, uh, maybe outside of Houston. You could argue that with what we saw last year, whatever. Uh, That was fantastic for what was offered. And now he's going to go be... Dallas is probably number two. They lost Schultz. They lost a couple of receivers as well. So not that Cook's role is is the Dalton Schultz player. I don't think he is to replace him. But I don't think that they're going to replace Schultz with Schoonmaker right off the rip and fill all those targets. So while it's not necessarily the same role in the offense, there are a ton of targets to go around in that Dallas Cowboys offense. And if Brandon Cooks has proven to me anything over the course of its career, it's that he can fit in somewhere right when he gets there. Now, he may not be able to fit in long. He may not stay there, but he fits in right off the rip.
0: Other players looking at in that you know wide receiver four range, if you will, a few names of interest here. I think two that the software doesn't like, Traylon Burks, early round eight. We think he's late round nine inside the draft advisor. Kadarius Toney, he's going off just after him in the boards. In mid round eight, we think he's a late round 10 pick. Meanwhile, in that same sort of range of projections, Jacoby Myers, he's going in the 16th round. We think he's early 10th round value. Michael Thomas, 13th round, mid 13th round, 10th round swing of the fences. If he's healthy, that's, he he could deliver there. And Rondale Moore uh, is probably one of the tastier ones. 19th round ADP, 10th round value. Let's not forget about Juju Schuster. Fantasy owners are his blended ADPs, 1408. His FDP is round mid round 10, James. So, Lots to chew on there, but it sounds like Jacoby Myers, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rondale Moore. These are names that, where they're
1: falling in drafts,
0: we think they're going to have some fantasy goodness.
1: Rondale Moore, 23 years old, in a team that is absolutely terrible. Uh, Greg Dorch, I believe, is still listed as one of their starting three at receiver. That just says to me that if Rondale Moore is ever going to break out, This is the year, and uh, he's a very intriguing player to me uh, in the late stages of drafts because isn't there going to be garbage passing yard in Arizona every single week? Yeah. I mean, if any team has a chance to go 0-17, and I'm not suggesting they will, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Are the
0: Cardinals going to be your bet to win uh, the last year in the winning game?
1: I haven't dug into those props yet, but dude, you just sparked a light bulb on top of the dome. <laughs> I can tell maybe. you.
0: I can tell you you just like suddenly, I, even though I don't see we'll you We'll see video what the right number
1: now. is. I've only been looking at positive bets, but that is one of my favorite bets every year. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely, you definitely one of definitely fun
0: with that bet more than Heck the average yeah. person. Uh, all right. So before we move on here, James, we've gone pretty deep down the board. Anything else at receiver that's catching your eyes in this discrepancy inside the draft advisor?
1: Uh, we hit some pretty good ones. I mean, you mentioned Evans and you said Godwin too. So I think he probably bears the same conversation piece, um, as one that, that stands out for me. Um, no, I think honestly, I mean, you hit, you hit a lot of the ones that I'm really interested in the cooks of the world. Uh, even the Jacoby Myers is a nice floor guy in PPR. You hit him.
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely interesting. Uh, Tyler Boyd is another one. Uh, just going deeper down the board, uh, five rounds of value on Tyler Boyd. Looks like eight rounds of value. One of my favorite sleepers, and I don't even want to say it because you're in so many of my leagues, but I love me some Nico Collins, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the same conversation we had just with uh, Rondale Moore. Somebody leads that team in in receiving, and who else is it going to be? Yeah.
0: Let's wrap it up with some tight end discussion. And uh, the first question we already sort of answered, yeah, Travis Kelsey's worth the uh, price you're paying there. Blended ADP mm-hmm. one hundred four. We're all behind that. I mean, we got him in the mid first round, so we're not going to argue over a couple spots. Mm-mm. It's the rest of these tight ends. It's interesting, right? Because when to pull the trigger on a Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkins, a George Kittle, whatever it is, that tier for you. Uh, The draft advisor is telling us some definite things to consider here. Like ADP right now is early round four on Mark Andrews. We think he's mid round three. So we're definitely all in on. Pushing the button on him as the second tight end to go off the board, assuming he falls far enough, it doesn't need to come in round two because Kelsey came in round one. But that's right. he shouldn't get to round four is the point. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, this one's eh, I mean ADP right now, late round four. We think he's more mid round fifth. I know that's a tight end euro on, but again, James, this is really going to depend on how drafts going, what players you like. I mean, if you're, but cre- I would
1: never take him before the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, if
0: you're getting him at the end of round four, beginning of round five, we can get behind that. Yeah. George Kittle, six round ADP, FDP almost around higher, mid fifth round. So uh, Kittle, I don't have a lot of him, but if you're getting him at his ADP spot, it looks like you're getting a little bit of value. And the same can be said for Dallas Goddard, a tight end in that range. I like a lot more because he's going around and a half later than Kittle, but he's only got a round less than value. So 709 ADP, FDP of 606. As we get down outside of that top five tight ends on the board, James, that next tier of, you know, five, 10 players, what tight ends really stick out to you as overvalued and undervalued?
1: Well, I mean, when you take a peek at a guy like, uh, it's hard to say overvalued or undervalued once we get out of the top about eight tight ends, right? Because that value is in the eye of the beholder. Some people will just wait and take a tight end and play roulette the entire year. So it's really hard to say. Um, I would, I would say, though, a guy who is a little overvalued, I mean, we look at Kyle Pitts and we say he's a little overvalued, and I think a lot of that has to go back to, you know, injured last year, no touchdowns the first year, and now we get a quarterback controversy here. Not controversy, excuse me, but it's controversial how good Desmond Ritter can be. So Kyle Pitts is uh, is a guy who's being drafted a little higher than, uh, than we would take him here. Um, and then you get into that next tier, and it is kind of – it's more about finding the tight end twos, I think, Dan, that are – the guys who could end up being tight end ones, and by the way, that happens every year. That basically about half of the tight ends prove to be worth that that tight end one moniker. The other half uh, come from outside the ranks, as we as we see annually.
0: Yeah, and it's just a really is how we approach the position, as you said. I mean, mm-hmm. I think uh, tight end is the one position too where you really need to understand the draft board, the draft room, who people are doing. And I know James, I mean, tight end premium leagues are a whole other thing, but in a regular league, I'm, I've never been a fan of the bully tight end approach. Like just in a 12 team league. I mean, maybe if it's a big contest and you're looking for this unique lineup, I get it. But like coming out and grabbing Kelsey and Andrews in just a regular 12 team league, we're competing just against 11 other fantasy managers. I'm not a fan of it. The draft advisor, I mean, would also probably point you in a different direction, I think as well. But, uh, Tight end is fun. And I will say, you know, using the draft advisor, you don't have to have these static rankings. Things change in real time. We use in our VAM that allows you to assess, all right, I missed out on these tight ends. Is it worth me reaching on this? What's that difference in value if I wait a few rounds?
1: And I think that's a great conversation when we talk about the tight end tier and falling off into the, what do you want to say, like nine to 20 range? Because here's the deal. Do you go, oh man, all the good tight ends are off the board I better race to the board and hang my Cole Komet or Oconquo sticker and make sure that I have a tight end one. Are you sure you want to do that? Because you could probably hang around a- another couple of rounds and you could get a Tyler Higby or a Tyler Conklin and get a better wide receiver four or running back three or whatever in that spot. So it's not only knowing, it's exactly knowing they uh, that once once all the good tight ends are gone, that doesn't mean you just have to go get a tight end because everyone else has one. You can wait around until the value is right on that tight end.
0: Any other further thoughts about players that we didn't mention on uh, this particular podcast?
1: No, I mean, I got my Higby and Conklin uh yes, you hit in, right? your
0: Higby so, and Conklin quota for the podcast.
1: I, I tell you what, no. though, what is this, three years in a row? And those guys still have staying power. There's something to be said for that, man. Hey,
0: dude, I just landed Conklin in a tight end three in our best ball, so I was happy about that.
1: That's amazing.
0: All right, that's all the time we have this time around. Be sure to catch up with the podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen. You can get it at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, to name a few, anytime over at insiderfootball.com. That's also where we can get all the tools to win this season. Go out, check out the free trial, of the Fantastics Draft Advisor, our custom ranking and cheat sheets, our mock draft simulator. It's available on Windows and Mac, and it's really going to be the difference for you here in 2023 our 24th year online at insiderfootball.com be sure to check james and i out too on sirius xm weekend mornings all summer long on sirius xm fantasy sports radio channel 87 james next time up it's one of our favorite shows we do our two-man mock draft so get ready my friend
1: i am already
0: all right that's all the time we have (laughs) thanks for listening dan claskins james adams and another edition of fantastics insider football podcast